Mindset, presented today by Helen Woodward. Today I have two guests, Joe Cassie and Hayley Cameron from Cognis Limited. Cognis work in partnership with the London Borough Sutton and provide education services to schools and specialist education providers for the local area and beyond. Um, I love the tagline, by the way, guys, uh, no limits on learning. That's a great message. So, Joe, you're the managing director at Cognus, um, and you and I go back some way to our DFE days, so it's lovely to have you on the podcast this morning. Um, and and Hayley, you're the education safeguarding manager. So we're interested to know our first question today. What have been the key safeguarding concerns for you during the lockdown? And so I think very quickly we had to consider effective um, ways of working, very importantly with all of our partners. Suddenly we were in a world where we weren't able or at liberty to visit a house, to visit a school or an education setting. And so we were having to really lean into all of the agencies that we work with, consider how we quickly, safely and effectively share intelligence, share data, in order to feel that we are supporting, and as I say, the important bit, have the eyes and ears on the families. Um, And I think over the course of the last year, what we've been able to do is to create or to build on the foundations of how we work, but also to really identify some of those effective partnerships that that we have got and and be really clear on roles and responsibility. We're having to make sure that we are continue to be professionally curious people over the course of the year have become increasingly exhausted there's been a huge amount of pressure on people um, but the safeguarding bits have never really gone away Um, how's it been actually managing partnerships remotely i think what it's done is to enable us to think quite creatively so for example working more closely with gps with those in housing with those in um revs and bends within the local authority the working remotely as we as we got used to it um actually i feel that the the multi-agency working and partnership has strengthened because people can attend meetings whereas before you know they they didn't have the time to come to all of these different meetings well now people really are making that time and it is difficult it really is difficult but you can see a real joined up approach and more information is being shared and there are those sort of shared common common goals and everyone wants to get this right. Everyone was very aware of, of who their vulnerable children were, but the pandemic, it's impacted on families in such a range of ways. And, and really some of those vulnerable children actually responded quite well to the home environment, whilst others who weren't on the radar in any way, shape or form have now come to the fore. Regular check-ins have been absolutely vital and not just from one set of professionals, but from everyone sharing the information that you're finding and trying to build those platforms where families still feel able to share, you know, quite sensitive emotional information about their circumstance. I think what's interesting there, Hayley, is finally um, we can absolutely say through lockdown, safeguarding is everyone's business and it really has been. So what we are really conscious of and already talking to our partners key agencies schools and settings about is the sorts of things that may rear their head when we all start to stand back upright because i think we can predict we can certainly consider based on our working knowledge 
but we will never truly know what might come to the surface. With safeguarding, things are constantly evolving. You know, the language of exploitation, um, the sorts of ways in which things are presented um, can, can change. So kind of thinking about children going, more children going back to school, I'm very conscious that schools have been open during the entire time. Mm. So thinking about more children going back to school, what should school leaders be thinking about? What should they be prioritising? What should they be alert to? We don't really know, you know, all of the things that they've been through at home. Some really heart-wrenching things have been happening. And, and Joe mentioned, you know, unemployment, mental health issues, financial problems, um, bereavement. And, you know, you can hope that, that some will not have been impacted in that way at all. But we can't assume. And I think... You know, there, there is a push everywhere to say, you know, we've got to catch up, we've got to get on with the curriculum. But I think there's a, a really sort of bigger piece of work there around the emotional um, support. We know that if, if children aren't sort of stable emotionally, they will find it hard to pick up on the curriculum. We need to do all of the foundation work. We need to ensure that our children have the chance to talk that they, if they want to talk, that they're listened to, that they feel heard. We would normally pick up on so many of these things just through observations in the school playground. Um, and we haven't had that opportunity. And although there's been lots of contact and sort of online video contact, telephone contact, there are still bits that you miss. Not to mention the staff. The staff have also been through, a, you know, a range of experiences. So there's a lot there to consider. And I think... To be honest, it's having that, those open networks and that space for everyone to be able to come talk and share their feelings and, and to not be too um, focused on the expectations. And staff and TAs and all of those within our education workforce are really well placed to do this. Because you're right, Helen, you know, schools, lest we forget, they have remained open throughout. Yeah, we work at children. The, the, the resilience levels of our staff, there is an assumption here that we re need to really recognize that for our staff they have also been going through the lockdown with their own experiences as i say you know this stuff is exhausting we need to think about the short medium and long term here and how we work to support to the best possible effect we don't work on anecdote and that we actually base our work and support around the facts as they're presenting themselves. Okay, okay. Based on the data that you have in Sutton, um, what does the evidence show you to be some of the most significant protective and supporting factors for children and young people in your schools? Um, I think the interaction over, you know, FaceTime, Zoom, whether that be with family members, um, work colleagues, school colleagues, um, but knowing that people care and that actually everyone has been going through the same thing. You know, they haven't been seeing those teachers that they built those relationships up with um, on a regular basis. So I think all of those things will potentially um, sort of happen when, when they do go back. Um, but again, another protective factor has. I think being able to interact with um, classmates. So as we know, there's been a lot of work um, on online lessons and virtual classrooms. Um, and all of that has to be obviously closely monitored. But I think that's been so important for the emotional health and well-being of our, our children. Okay, that's, that's helpful to know. Um, I'm going uh, to ask you both a, a question now, because you've both talked about the need to be creative um, and that you have been more creative. 
Uh, can you give me an example of, of what that means? You know, we started to make more use of um, Google, of Zoom, of different platforms that families felt comfortable with using. And I think that was really, really important because, again, some people didn't pick up their phone. And you sit there and think, right, I'll try again. And then if you haven't heard, then you start to, to worry and your mind starts to imagine all kinds of things. But again, it goes back to knowing what's actually going on for them. Maybe they've been having a really bad day. They, they just didn't want to pick up the phone. It's been really, really important not to jump to conclusions, not to make assumptions. But again, to try and piece all of that information together and make the families feel comfortable with, with reaching out to us. Because, you know, in a sense, we're reaching out to them, but they need to feel confident that they can actually come back and tell us, you know, what it really is like for them. What are the circumstances when, when, as a team, you decide, actually, we have to go and stand on the doorstep of this family, we need to see the children? How do you make that judgment call? You know, there is no blanket approach to safeguarding. So if I think about both our looked-after children and our traveller children, I just okay. use those as examples. So with the traveller community, um, they reacted in, a, in, a, in many different ways. But obviously are living in a particular context that doesn't mean we can just automatically assume we can we can go and visit and and um, you know have, have our eyes and ears on them but what are we have a dedicated traveler education team who who have created an, a sustainable quality trusted and treasured relationship that meant because um, they don't always necessarily have Wi-Fi access meant that we were still able to go on site Right. with their permission on their on their terms if you like yeah. in order to check that they were okay check that they had food for the week but the use of um, technology has been a real asset because one of the things whilst not everybody is confident our young people are much more adept they're not saying you're still on mute every five seconds <laughs> as we do in meetings they're very adept and some of them what we saw absolutely thrived by working online and we provided additional support where needed. So we bolstered and emboldened the support that schools and settings were offering. It, it's been about, um, you know, train, you mentioned training earlier, Joe, but providing training to the DSL network and the school staff so that they feel confident when they are um, having those conversations or not having those conversations with the families and where they feel concerned so that they they know exactly you know what to do where to go where to get advice from and I think we mentioned before it's been about developing our systems and forms of communication and building those trusting relationships. We know as we've talked about that children's safeguarding is everyone's responsibility. Is there anything uh, which if done really well by everyone would make a really significant difference, do you think, when, when more children return to school? It goes back to mentalisation and having that ability to step back and really try and see and understand what's been going on for somebody else. Signposting is always going to be really important. It's been absolutely you know, brilliant throughout the, the pandemic, but that will continue. Okay, that's helpful. Thank you. Jo, did you want to jump in just in the yeah, end? Yeah, I was just going to say, for me, because of the... Um, significant demands on our education workforce we need to make sure that our our teachers our our, our TAs everybody that that supports our, our young people have the appropriate space and time to reflect to be able to share I saw this does that what what would you think about that some of the stuff that you hear or see is hard to take on board and is hard to 
switch off from. So again, the safe space to be able to to, to just offload some of that stuff is going to be really important as well. Yeah, sure. Thank you. So I've heard I've heard in summary um, some key messages of um, care, curiosity, flexibility, um, and team. Thank you so much for sharing with us and for for being you know quite candid about your insights and what you've been working with. Um, I think for all of us, one of the questions to think about is what learning can we take forward? Um, and you've you again you've shared some of that as well, which has been great. Um, so it just leaves me to say, really, thank you both, Joe Cassie and Hayley Cameron, for being our guests this morning and joining us today on Ten with Zen. Thank you very much. Bye. Thank you for listening to Ten with Zen. If you'd like to book staff for your school in London, Birmingham, or Manchester, do visit zeneducate.com to find out more. Mention Ten with Zen to our team for fifty percent off the first two days of your short-term booking or long-term role.